Hello and welcome to Animation One-to-Ones from Squiggly.com. I'm Steve Henderson, delighted to be presenting an interview with Peter Son, the voice of Socks in Pixar's latest feature, Lightyear, which is streaming on Disney Plus now. The feature film shares the origins of the character Buzz Lightyear in a time-bending adventure as he attempts to save his people from the villainous Emperor Zurg. As well as voicing feline robot companion Socks, Peter Son has played a key role in Pixar's productions in the past. Not only behind the microphone voicing Emile in Ratatouille and Squishy in Monsters Uni, but also in the director's chair directing The Good Dinosaur, and he's currently working on Pixar's next feature, Elemental. To find out more about his latest role, directing Elemental and working at Pixar, Squiggly's Ryan Gore caught up with Peter Son for an animation one-to-one. My name is Ryan Gore, and I'm joined by the star of Lightyear, the voice of Socks the Cat. It's Peter Son. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you, Ryan. Hey, thanks for chatting. Oh, nice to meet you too. Um, Socks was a show stealer. I had a blast watching your character in this movie. Ah. So many amazing line reads from you. And it got me thinking, how hard is it to express comedy and emotion through a robotic character? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Like the idea of it being hard is mostly in the challenge of trying to find the fun, you know, uh, and, you know, finding fun can be hard, but finding fun has to be fun. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, so the, the as hard as it was, it was all a pleasure to do. Um, um, uh, meaning it wasn't hard. It was, it was just like the game of it, but in finding socks, it really is those two pieces for me of like, you know, there's a very practical military side of, of socks where it's, you know, like, yes, captain, you know, like we will get this job done for you. And then there's a friendly, like, Hey, Buzz, you want to eat a snack cake or whatever that is. And uh, in the room with, with the director and the, the, the team, uh, uh, you get these pages like right in front of you. And so you've never seen them before. And you try to, kind of read through it and tr- and have that game of finding fun within the lines and then finding where he needs to be empathetic and finding where he needs to be serious. I mean, uh, uh, Angus is so um, uh, meticulous and, and, and a confident director about what he needs. And so you have that guidance with you, but it's that, that's the game. Does that leave you little room to improvise though? How much of your like voice acting style is about improvisation? Um, I feel like the improv- improvisation comes Yes, there are places where, you know, like I remember, you know, um, um, the sleep sounds, you know, that we, we, they had a bunch of ideas and uh, you would just be riffing with them on like, you know, I can do a babbling brook, I can do, you know, like a soft pillow, you know, and you would throw all these ideas and, you know, some of them had been written, some of them not, but then there are lines where it's very much, you, you have to stay on, on point to what they have. And, uh, you know, like, the beep boops, that was totally something that, you know, I could not do the actual mechanical noises. So I would just mess around with that type of thing. And then like the meows, you know, like could, they, they asked, could you do like a real cat meow? And it's like, uh, I, I, you try it and it just sounded weird. And then I just, you know, you would just have fun, you know, repeating yourself like a robot and like, but it's, it's like, it's like a child, like the five-year-old version of like, I'm a cat, meow, 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 you know? And so that there's this fun balance that you would have in the room, but you know, most of it is like, you know, like laser point written, you know. What are your references for a character like this? Because when I think about like robotic characters in history, I think of like Bender, who does not sound like a robot or right, C-3PO right, right. who's kind of on the edge, but still kind of human. It's yeah. like, who do you refer to when you do a role like this? Yeah, hey, it's a big mix of those. I mean, like, 
between the different sides of, of socks, like I am a huge sci-fi nerd and like, you know, between uh, C3PO, um, Spock and his logic system or like data from Star Trek Next Generation, as an Android, how pleasant he is, but you know, he's all about, you know, you know, um, um, you know, you know, phasers on, you know, like, you know, shields up, you know, like there was this uh, side to him that's pleasant, but you know, he's always void of emotion. He's always chasing that. But then there's also the side that's like R2 where he's got all these gadgets. And, uh, uh, but then there's the friendly side that, you know, like how I play with my brother or my kids start to come in on that side, you know, like, Hey kids, you guys want breakfast? You know, there's that side that starts to, to come in. And so, yeah, it's a big mix of, of that, you know, like between the lines that you get, you're not aware of all those things. It's just when you read the line, it'll inspire something of you, either the nerd side or some personal side that triggers you to play with something, you know. What came for you first at Pixar? Was it the voice acting stuff or the behind the scenes creative stuff? I came in only wanting to do animation. Like, like that was the goal. I went to art school to just learn 2D animation. And when I, I applied to animation at Pixar, but they, you know, they were like, you, you don't have enough, you know, cred, you know. And, uh, and, uh, um, but they saw my portfolio and uh, um, they brought me into the art department on Nemo. And so I started in the art department there. And then it was just this uh, uh, evolution of, as I was doing drawings, Andrew Stanton, the director of Finding Nemo said, hey, your drawings have really got some story stuff. Have you ever done storyboards? And I was like, no, come do storyboards for us. And so I went to the story department there. And then uh, from that movie on Incredibles, uh, Brad Bird, the director, as I was doing story for them was like, hey, you look like a mugger. Can you do a mugger voice? And I was like, sure, yeah. And uh, I remember playing this mugger for the first time in that movie and a, and a guard later. But so it was this evolution of just um, 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 directors essentially giving you a chance, you know. Oh, that's very interesting. So like when it comes to a role like Emile, who's like one of my favorite, my favorite Pixar movies, Ratatouille, uh, and uh, then uh, a role like this with Socks, is it just like, hey, you had his character. Hey Peter, do you want to do you want to go at this, or is it uh, more you coming with it? Or there was a different director on that film originally, and uh, oh. they asked me to be um, Emil then, but it was a different character. He was he was much more of like a I think a traditionalist. I don't remember, but then when Brad took over, he changed it up, and he just said, "Look, Peter, I know you." love to eat anything. And I was like, okay. And then it was just like, well, you know, I'm going to change a meal so that he's just like, he doesn't have that taste. He'll eat garbage. He'll eat anything where um, Remy will, has got the finer taste. And uh, we started off like that. And then that's how that character started, like, you know, working in the room as a, as a scratch performer. Right. I love Brad Burr's view of you, for you as like a foodie and a mugger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I've got to think about that. Like, you don't like me very much, Brad, do you? No. <laughs> for sure. Um, so one of my favorite Pixar shorts actually is partly cloudy. Um, oh, it's because of the animation style feeling quite unique while fitting into that Pixar library. And I'm very excited about Elemental, your next movie. And it seems like a, uh, a very fertile ground to play with the animation style a bit. So is that something that you wanted to push with this next movie? Yes, absolutely. Um, the idea of earth, wind, fire and water um, really excited me as a metaphor, uh, but also the, the visual component, you know, of, of characters that aren't, um, 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 have a skin essentially, uh, that they're more fluid and, uh, 
Um, it's hard because they're all effects, you know, the, the uh, elemental is very difficult because every shot has an effect in it, and, uh, which is just unheard of. And so um, with these characters, like in Partly Cloudy, you know, the, at that time, you know, you get these small budgets. And I remember at Pixar, they're like, we don't have the technology to do this. And, uh, um, uh, and I was like, oh, well, what, what is the technology that we do have that can get close? And so that was my first taste into with this small budget, what can you get within that box? And then now with this movie, like the, the budget's a little bigger, but like, what can you do within this box to, you know, now that technology has gotten so better, but still the, the, the idea of simulated characters is really difficult, and, uh, but totally handshake, Ryan, absolutely, you know, uh, between the short and this one. Oh, that's, that's really exciting. I'm fascinated to see what the movie would be. Um, I'm always fascinated to ask directors this question. It's quite a simple one in its length, but have you directed your dream movie yet? Well, I feel like I'm doing that right now, honestly. Um, um, I remember, you know, Good Dino was a very quick, it wasn't as personal because uh, it was uh, a friend's film originally. That was um, uh, another director's like baby that I, I was asked to sort of take care of. And uh, um, um, uh, I mean, I, I had a lot of passion and love putting into it, but in this one, this is a very personal, it comes from a very personal place for, for me in terms of um, my family and um, the love in my life. And so the idea of, of elements, I grew up in New York and so there's this direct sort of, you know, an, you know metaphor to a lot of communities living together and, and how do they mix and unmix. And uh, um, um, I married someone that wasn't Korean. And so there's, there's a lot of this sort of, you know, my, my, you know, my grandmother's dying words were like, you know, like marry Korean. And then like, you know, she passed away. But this idea of what those cultural burdens are and, and traditions are really started to play for me. And so, yes, this is uh, it's a, it's a great question. This might be it. <laughs> That's really fascinating, and I'm very excited for that uh, Asian trauma kind of thing <laughs> yeah. we're going for. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Elemental trauma, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Peter, thank you so much for talking to Squiggy today. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for this Squiggly Animation one-to-one. -one. You can watch these interviews on our YouTube channel or subscribe to us via your favourite podcast provider. We're a free podcast, so if you'd like to support us, you can do so by leaving a nice review or by recommending the podcast to a friend. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can financially support the podcast by scrolling down to the bottom of the Squiggly homepage and clicking the Support Us link. All proceeds help us do the work we do across the site. Thanks again for joining us and don't forget for all the latest news, reviews, interviews and everything else from the world of animation, head over to squiggly.com.